This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong, and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. We've all heard about the Olympic Games and the Paralympics, but little is known about the Special Olympics, which happens every two years. Founded in 1968, the Special Olympics is a global movement of people creating a new world of inclusion and community for children and adults with intellectual disabilities. The Malaysia Division of the Special Olympics, Special Olympics Malaysia SOM, is a self-funded non-profit organisation that's been around since 1999 and for 20 over years have been providing year-round sports training and competition for athletes with intellectual disabilities. In June, the association will send a delegation of 22 athletes to Berlin, Germany for the 2023 World Games who will compete in a variety of sports including badminton, table tennis and athletics to name a few. On the line with us this week is Lam So Yin, the president of SOM, as well as Connie Yi, who serves as the national director. As this week, we explore more about the association and their mission to provide a safe space for athletes with intellectual disabilities. We are SO Malaysia, in short, SOM, the national body or the national coordinating body for this Special Olympic movement. Okay. Mm, mm. But before that, before that, I just need to tell that we, as a country program, we are under the accreditation of SO International, SOI. We, we got the uh, accreditation, therefore we can use a logo, we can uh, implement and participate in any SO activities under the rules and laws of the SO movement. And the uh, headquarters is in United States, okay? Mm. SO movement, I would say that um, has been uh, enrich- enriching the lives of ID community uh, via the transformative power of sport huh, for more than 50 years globally. SO Malaysia, SOM, been one of the country programs. We are also in this business of uh, no, opening hearts and opening minds of people towards inclusion. This is the main, the main thing about SO a movement in Malaysia, especially. Okay, uh, As a coordinating or national body, we have the state programs. Huh? The structure is such that SOM as the national body is a coordinating body. Under this umbrella, we have the state programs. Uh, currently, we have 10 state programs mm. under SO Malaysia, yeah. which is recognized by SO Malaysia because they are under our umbrella and therefore they are more or less having the accreditation trans, uh, by SO national program to the state program. And under each program, state program, they have the local programs, they call it, lo- they call it local chapters in some state or the, call it district programs in some states, they are under the state programs. And each state, they are having the sort of a autonomous uh, autonomy to run their own uh, no, SO activities as long as they follow the guidelines given by SO Malaysia and also SOI. We, we hope to grow more. Huh? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Currently, we have only about 10. Huh? Yeah. Mm. Uh, the committees of the under SO Malaysia come from the various state programs, right? So we have a representative from each of the state program mm. to sit at the national committee mm. where we plan, we implement, and we try to encourage the participation 
Not a lot of people know about Special Olympics. Um, they guess the more mainstream ones, the Olympics, of mm. course, and also the Paralympics. But um, Lam, what you said just now was correct. You know, uh, it's a community that values inclusion and acceptance, right? Um, Connie, can you tell us about the different ways um, Special Olympics Malaysia SOM is making a social impact? Well, uh, one of the way uh, of us making this social impact is to invite a non-ID person to join us in our sports activity. So we call this non-ID person the unified partner. Uh, they can also be volunteer in our activity. So the volunteer can be a coach. Hmm. And this coach volunteer doesn't have to be very good in the sports, you know, uh, not like a regular coach where you have to be the expert of the expert, right? Hmm. So the coach for our Special Olympic is uh, to be able to guide our ID community uh, a way to learn uh, a specific sports, yeah, and you know every one of them uh, is different. So the way they learn is different. So the coach will just have to, you know, uh, relate to them mm. and make sure that they are improving their skills in uh, certain sports as they continue to to be trained. Now, on the other hand, besides sports, uh, we also uh, get them to be involved in social activity. For example, we have talks. Uh, we have the healthy athlete where we uh, invite doctors or dentists to provide, you know, screening uh, for our ID community. Mm. Usually when we have a, a state game, you know, you have two, three hundred people of the ID community and then we get them together and then we get all these clinical director and their doctors and postgraduate students to come and do screening. Mm. Uh, screening of their, you know, eyesight, screening of their teeth, we call it the special smile. Uh, screening of the eye is called... Um, opening eyes. So all this screening is done in a very large scale. So in that way, uh, we invite volunteers to come and it can be a one-day volunteer, it can be a one-week volunteer, it can be a lifelong volunteer. So so we, we, we really want to get the, the people at large to know about us and to be involved. And, you know, the best way to be involved is really through sports, you know. So when you play together, you learn together, and you will understand us better. Mm. So yeah. what we're getting at is not just sport, but you know the, the area surrounding it as well. But on yeah. the athletes themselves, um, uh, I guess the importance of this organization is not just to enhance and excel in sporting excellence, right? But to build their futures as well outside uh, the sporting arena. Talking about transferable skills from sports that you can take to the outside world, right? Lam, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, is it? Uh, well, if you look at the, the way... Uh, what the athletes or because our special athletes gain from participating in SO activities, you look at the mission, our mission, okay? We provide year-long, uh, year-round uh, sports training and athletic competitions in a variety of sports uh, following the Olympic uh, no, sports, all right? And uh, yes, uh, we target those who are intellectually disabled. As long as they're eight years and above, they can participate, okay? Hmm. Now, Giving them, this is the, to, we want to give them the continuing uh, uh, opportunity to develop physical fitness, okay? Demonstrate courage and experience joy and participate in the sharing of gifts, of friendships and skills huh? with other families, with other athletes. It's more for, uh, and, and at the same time, they also enhance social skills. Now, with, with this in mind, with the strengthening or uh, with the heightening of their social skills and confidence, all right, and ability to, to share that will bring 
them about when they can even perform better in the community at large. Hmm. This is more important. Hmm. Okay, and therefore with, with that, um, it's go it, it's going beyond sport. Yes, for, through the sport you learn about confidence, the winning, the sharing, the friendship, and so on, the social skills, and all right, they are brave to attack, uh, to to uh, to to achieve, yeah, to try even. They can try many times, yet they can be brave to attempt. No, this is the motto hmm. uh, that we have in in a special Olympic. Hmm. And with that, the kind of um, uh, skill, the kind of a uh, positive thing that they gain from participation, will definitely help them to achieve outside the sport arena, hmm. into the social life, into the community at large. Yeah. One of the hmm. uh, project that we embark on is hmm. what we call the. Uh, leadership you know athletic leadership yeah. so we train the athlete who have shown some leadership skill mm. uh, in various uh, capacity you know in the, to be able to advocate about you know uh, special needs community and uh, recently we had a um, this this company uh, i don't know whether i can mention it <laughs> uniqlo actually invited uh, us to go to the uh, store and they provide an in-store experience why they do that is so that uh, the athletes get to experience uh, how it is like to work in a retail store mm. and to be exposed to it. And uh, they, they can really learn a lot, you know, from uh, able-bodied people, how to greet people, how to, you know, mm. work in the store, basically. Mm. So, you know, that, that kind of activity we do organize. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, SOM uh, goes all the way back to 1999. You guys have been running for 20-odd years right now. Um <laughs> Obviously, the last three years has been tough on everybody, you guys not uh, as well. Um, how has the pandemic affected the running of operations uh, at SOM? Well, it was a hard time. Huh? <laughs> Ever since, you know, uh, the COVID sets in and everything was so, uh, I would say, the number of athletes participating is much, much reduced, okay? And so, are, so were the coaches. And it's not only happening in Malaysia, it's across the, the region, Asia Pacific, and the world. You see, um, I, we understand the restrictions and the worry, the concern by the parents. Uh, even though when there were window periods of opening in between, we, we still couldn't get a full participation like before COVID that can participate in local training, uh, local level training, state level training, or even national events. Okay, And therefore, during the COVID time, we have to think of ways and via the virtual hmm. means, hmm. right? Which is virtual training, virtual uh, fitness, all right? And even involving non-sport events like drawing contests, karaoke, depending on the state program, the local program, they, ha- they are creative enough to even have a poetry recitation during those COVID days. Main thing is to, we want to keep our athletes engaged, even though they can't participate in the normal sport training with the coaches, with the friends, at least at home, they can do something. Mm. We don't want them to just let alone and then doing nothing at home. Mm. Okay, so that is the, during the three, the two three years of virtual. We emphasize on all of virtual training, virtual activities, virtual fitness, and so on and so forth. All right, in yeah. The impact, if I may ask, uh, we recently did a census survey. So before COVID, we have about four thousand athletes mm. and coaches. After COVID, recently in twenty twenty. We did a survey. Uh, we have about two thousand plus. Mm. So actually, it's yeah. almost half, yeah, yeah, half of the number gone because yes. they fell off the radar. Oh. Because, you know, different reasons. Yeah, mm. we hope that this year 
will get back <laughs> one thousand, and we will keep on increasing the number. Yeah, only with this program, more and more people will know about us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully so. Talking about programs, one of the programs you guys listed, and one of the programs that you run is the Family Support Network. Uh, can you mm-hmm. care to elaborate what that is? Families are one of the most important pillars in SO movement. Okay, uh, we have five pillars actually. Mm. Of course, the athletes, volunteers, the supporter, uh, the the coaches, the the supporters or the donors, mm. and the families. The strongest supporters come from the family members, and therefore, within each of the at the national level and also at the state level, we encourage the setup of family network, where parents themselves form a group, then participate, all right, and they can even organize activities pertaining to their interests all right, within the uh, local group. Okay, it could be sports event, could be non-sports. Yeah, as long as we want the family to get together to share experience, because there are there's a group, the special group that. They, they know what to do with their kids and they can share experience. And this is also emphasized by the our headquarters, SOI. Mm. Family Network become one of the focus in the SO movement. Yeah? And we do hope that uh, whenever you have family comes in, all right, then we can have a pool of volunteers added on. You know what? Parents become coaches and volunteers like our Connie E here. She's a volunteer. She is a coach. All right. Now she's the, our national director. A very good example of a parent getting involved fully in SO Malaysia mm. and the, in the movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We really, uh, really want more parents to come. When the parents come in, they bring their kids. Not only the special kids, you no, know, the siblings. Okay, the supporter, okay, uncle, aunties, grandma, grandfather. These, those are the family members that we want them to come in to support the. FSN Family Support Network. Yeah. And recently, remember, we organized a sibling workshop. Yes, yes. So, yes. you know, um, siblings are very integral mm-hmm. part of this ID uh, sibling, you know, because uh, normally, you know, the parents are the ones to look after the special need, right? Okay. But uh, the non ID sibling sometimes get sidelined, you know? So, we wanted to hear from them. So, um, last year, December, we organized a sibling workshop. And it was attended by about 20 siblings and all the siblings sat together. They had their own chat and they came up with some uh, resolutions that they want to do. And it was so heartwarming to see them. And, you know, hmm. like what they say, problem share is a problem half, right? <laughs> so yeah. it was really good. So this sibling is one of the uh, huh. pillars yeah. under the family support network. Yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, t- talking a bit about the coaching aspect now, Connie, you mentioned that um, you are a coach. What, what do you coach, by the way? So during the pandemic, there was a workshop uh, organized by SOM for table tennis. So I took it and it was a two days, two, two days workshop, nine to five, uh, given by a regional coach of SOM. So I learned the theory, the basic. Then after that, there was a two day physical uh, training. Then, uh, you know, so we, we qualified to teach. Mm, I see. So I teach table tennis. I see. So, so you have to actually go through like a test period almost. In yeah. So first you have to go to the, um, you know, the SOI, the Special Olympic International. They have very good online uh general principle of how to be a coach okay. and what you do as a special need coach. Huh. So you go through that first and then you pick a sport specific that you like, you know, and you go through that training and you need to learn everything about that sport. I yeah, see. the rules and regulation. And then of course, you know, I used to play table tennis. I represent my school. 
in mm. secondary school. So I know some basic, you know. Mm. So uh, teaching them. And uh, also I have a table tennis table at home. Mm -hmm. So my son is my guinea pig. So I taught him from, you know, he doesn't even know how to hold the ball properly, right? Until now, today, he can actually participate in the national competition and he got a bronze medal. That's great. <laughs> um, the coaches under the associations, right? Um, you, they have to go through a test, but how specifically are they vetted? Because I'm sure you have to pick coaches with, you know, extra care, um, especially when, when, you know, dealing with people with IDs, right? How do you yes. vet your coaches? So there are the general principle of uh, to becoming a coach. First, like I said, you need to go through the online course mm -hmm. and then it tells you uh, if you do not have a special need, then you need to learn, you know, what the special needs are about, how do you treat them? For me, of course, you know, I have a child who is specialist, so, you know, I know everything about them, right? Mm. So, for others, yeah. So, first thing, you need to go through that. Uh, secondly, of course, we have uh, regional coaches who can actually make sure that, you know, when they look at you, how you train other people, like, for example, the physical two days uh, course, uh, you need to train other specialists. So, the, the more experienced coach will look at how you handle them, you know? Do you scold them if they make a mistake? And yeah. what do you do with them? You know, hmm. so it's so observe. So um, it, it, it's that kind of process, lah. You know, hmm. very careful, very, very delicate. Careful. Yeah. 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 Um, up next in the, on the horizon, an exciting thing happening this year that happens every two years. It's the Special Olympics. So uh, yeah. this year is happening in Berlin in June, yes. and a delegation of twenty-two Malaysians from SOM will be representing the country in Berlin. Uh, Lam, can can tell us more about this? Uh, are you setting any targets for the contingent? Uh, SO Malaysia, we are lucky that we are given the quota to participate in the World Games uh, in Berlin, and we have already the delegate uh, delegation set up, mm -hmm. and then they are now preparing the training uh, at the same time um, of course the coaches are ready uh, with the training and uh, the delegations officials also are ready getting sponsorship okay getting some uh, support uh, from the public you know from from whatever you no know, uh, sources that we can have to to send the team to help our athletes achieve their dreams okay but at least that we, we are we are uh, sending of course we have the you no know, uh, selection through the national games before they were selected all right yeah mm -hmm. this is not the first time that uh, we are sending uh, we, we had previously we had uh, no sent team to abu dhabi before la and so the previous world game so this time uh we are having uh that continue of 39 of them 39 uh, no at, at least okay? okay 22 yeah will be uh 16 the at least plus unified partners, then plus other the officials, total 39 in the whole delegation, SO mm. Malaysia, Team Malaysia. All right. And of course, um, they will be participating in the sports of athletics, table tennis, bowling, swimming, badminton, and bocce. Okay. Mm. These are the six uh, team events and also individual events that they'll be participating. And the unified partners are involved in the team events where they partner with the uh, special athletes to, to to participate in the team event, right? either in the uh, doubles or in the team event like bocce or bowling. All right, yeah, okay. So of course, uh, we do hope that they are going to to achieve because they are so brave mm. to attempt, mm. and uh, they will be awarded with with whatever effort they put in. It's because it's by divisioning, and therefore we we hope that most important they gain something in the games. Okay, whether they bring back gold or silver or bronze is their bonus. But of course, with the coaches, the training, encouragement, we do hope that they achieve. They have their dreams achieved. And this is how we want to 
help them to achieve their dreams. All right. And then, of course, we emphasize on the participation and the fact that they can represent the country and make themselves proud, make their families proud, make the country proud. I think there's more than uh, anyone can ask for for, for athletes to know for the World Games. Yeah. And we are doing our best to make sure that they, they go all the way successful uh, successful trip for them. Yeah? yeah, Definitely better rewards than getting medals, right? But talking about medals, Kony, um, the last Games was in Abu Dhabi in 2019. Uh, the Malaysian contingent did really well, bringing home five gold, six silver, three bronze medals. Uh, what can you say about Malaysia's performance on the global stage? I, I would say we are still small, okay? Uh, like Lam said, huh? Winning is not is not our goal. Uh, like the motto of Special Olympic is that for the athlete is like uh, you know uh, if I you know if I cannot win, let me be brave in my attempt. Mm. So mm. this is the motto. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think uh, you know of the hundred and fifty plus country that participate in the World Game, like I said we don't hope to be you know top five whatever. Uh, we we are just privileged to be able to represent Malaysia and fly the Malaysia flag. Uh, today, I just had a meeting uh, together with a few committee members uh, at the Majlis Sukan Negara, MSN, uh, the National Sport Council. And uh, they are so kind. They are going to, support, uh, they are going to help us uh, by giving us, uh, you know, the Team Malaysia uniform. So we can wear the Team Malaysia uniform for the opening ceremony. And uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a privilege la, to, you know, it's privilege enough to, to represent the country. Mm. And can you imagine out of 30 over million uh, Malaysians and, you know, I don't know what is the number of our special needs in Malaysia, but 16 athletes are representing them in the world game. So I think that's really something that yes. we should let other Malaysians know about. Mm. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people don't know about us. In fact, when I tell my friend I'm in Special Olympic Malaysia, they say, what? <laughs> Why is Special Olympic? Hmm. Yeah. I know Olympic, I know Paralympic, I don't know about Special Olympics. So. Yeah, it's definitely a cause that the general public needs to know more about. Um, so other than the Olympics that's happening this year, what are your plans for this yeah. year and beyond? Okay, uh, for, for this year, of course, we uh, World Games participation will be in our major, uh, the, the, the major activities, okay? But of course, we can't uh, forget things happen at on the ground and at the grassroots level for others at this who are not going for the world games yeah. and therefore the continuous training should be going going ongoing okay plus a family network project for example family health forum the healthy athletes uh, screening coaches training all right this thing will be happening as we go along the whole the whole year all right and also <clears throat> we do hope that we can bring in more and more coaches and athletes to increase our senses this is not a project this year that we want because it's post-COVID. They should be coming back. We want to build back stronger from this year onwards. Okay? All right? At the same time, we want to also appeal for more sponsors and supporters from the corporate, from individuals, from the government to help us grow the movement because we want eventually all the 14 states of Malaysia should be joining SO Malaysia, mm. bring in more of the IDs and our community to benefit from this SO movement, mm. all right? Mm. This is our aim. Mm. And of course, uh, we hope that uh, with the awareness and uh, to achieve our goal for this year, yeah? Mm. I wish you guys uh, the best of luck for especially the World Games that's coming up in June. But as a parting note, um, Connie, what are your advice for people who, like Lam said, you know, wants to get involved but not sure how? 
Okay, so we are we are uh, on Facebook. So you can just Google Special Olympic uh, Malaysia. We are on Facebook. We also have a website, also Special Olympic Malaysia, and there are telephone number there. Thumbs number is there, and our email uh, email is there. So yeah, do get in touch with us via the social media, and uh, really we hope to see uh, more and more Malaysian get involved because you know the the number of special needs community I think is on the increase. You know. So I think today, very seldom you you not hear about someone who has autism, someone who has a Down syndrome relative, or, you know, somebody they know. Uh, it is it, on the uh, on the upside. So I hope yeah, more and more people can get, get in touch with us and join us in our movement. That was Connie Yi, the National Director of SOM, as well as the President of SOM, Lam So Yin. As this week, we've been exploring more about the Special Olympics Malaysia and their mission to provide a safe space for athletes. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's programme. But if you'd like to revisit the interview, you can head over to our website real soon, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the programme, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name's Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week for more of the same, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.